Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations continue to rise across the state. And now federal health officials say L.A. County's COVID community risk is high. KPCC senior health reporter Jackie Fortier explains what that means. The CDC placed L.A. County in the high-risk category due to escalating hospital admissions and the rising level of new COVID-19 cases. Daily hospitalizations have topped 1,000 for the past week, the highest number that's been since the tail end of the winter spike in February. L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer says 14 people are dying every day. Every day when I report out who dies, there are people who die who have no underlying health conditions. So no one should go in the space of saying, I'm not at any risk, because that's just absolutely not true. The intensely contagious BA5 strain is fueling the surge. If hospitalizations and cases stay elevated, a public mask mandate could be reinstated in two weeks. The latest numbers show LA's positivity rate is over 16 percent, and more than 6,400 new cases are reported daily. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Along with L.A. County, neighboring Orange and Ventura counties are also listed in the CDC's high community risk category. At this time, neither have said they plan to bring back an indoor mask mandate. The average cost of gas in California has fallen below $6 a gallon for the first time in weeks. The statewide average currently sits at $5.99, according to data from AAA. That's compared to last month's average of $6.44. Severin Bornstein is a professor of business at UC Berkeley. He attributes much of the drop to a slowing economy, leading to cheaper crude oil and less demand for refinery services. When gasoline prices are falling is when there tends to be the most difference between stations, and you're likely to be able to get a much better deal if you shop around. But unfortunately, it's when drivers tend to shop around the least. Borenstein said prices could continue to fall through the summer. Speaking of gas and oil, all three public representatives of a San Joaquin Valley Air Pollution Advisory Group resigned yesterday. In a resignation letter to the SJV Air Pollution Control District, they said the group isn't doing enough to protect the public health of the residents who live in the most polluted air basin in the United States. This follows a damning report from Capital in Maine that shows the gas and oil industry is cashing in on a flawed emission reduction credit program while residents continue to breathe in polluted air. The public advisory work group was created in response to a 2020 California Air Resources Board report that identified lack of transparency and substantial inconsistencies in the Air District's emission reduction credit program. 
Housing is an issue across the state, and it's been aggravated by the pandemic. A new podcast, Undocumented and Unhoused, released in partnership with El Timpano and Latino USA, looks at how COVID and rising rent prices has led to an increase of undocumented and unhoused people in the Bay Area. Here today to discuss the podcast is Madeline Baer, the founder of El Timpano, and Marta Martinez, senior editor at Latino USA. So, Marta, in the podcast, you mentioned the rate of evictions in California actually decreased during the pandemic, and that's thanks to eviction protections, but that doesn't paint the full picture. Why are undocumented people left out of the full picture and oftentimes these legal protections? Basically, what uh, El Timpano had noticed through their work and through the messages that they were getting is that what happens with undocumented Uh, communities is that they often don't even have a lease to begin with. Uh, So there is no official process of eviction. There is no paperwork. There is no lawsuit being filed or official notice of eviction that is being registered anywhere. So data is pretty much unavailable or non-existent in a lot of these unofficial evictions that are happening. And in the podcast, Madeline, we meet Manuel and we learn that, you know, he's currently experiencing homelessness. And he mentions this fear of judgment from his community for his situation. And we also learn, you know, he came to the United States for economic opportunity. But what are the obstacles Manuel and others who are undocumented and new to this country face? We've heard from so many community members as we've shared resources, whether those are resources around, you know, how to get legal protections during the pandemic, as well as, you know, where can you apply and how can you apply for rental assistance? Because, you know, so many undocumented immigrants are working under the table. They don't have documentation about their income and then their income loss, or because they're renting a room and they're subleasing, their names aren't on the lease. And those add up to be barriers that mean that, you know, when there are resources that have been created and are intended to stave off evictions um, and to keep people in their homes, they're actually not working for undocumented immigrants, which, you know, are, are among those who have been most impacted by the pandemic, by the income loss and, and by housing. You know, I think a lot of people who've never experienced homelessness attribute it to a lot of bad personal mistakes. But your reporting shows sometimes it can be one uncontrollable situation, especially during the pandemic. Marta, can you tell me a little bit more about what you found while reporting? You're making a very important point, and I think that that's what we wanted to illustrate with this story. It's the fact that this is actually not a result of personal failure. This is a systemic problem, and it needs systemic solutions. We saw that both Manuel and Ines are part of that system, are being pretty much trapped in this system where they don't really have options to stay. And then when they've lost their homes, there's also very little help in terms of being able to find new opportunities for housing. And we wanted to kind of show both the problem of how people are ending up on the streets, but also the fact that the government is failing at helping a lot of these people get a new home and get new opportunities to stay on track Uh, in the long term, especially. Finally, what do you hope people will take away from listening to Undocumented and Unhoused? I I think one thing 
in particular that this story exposes is that while it is so important for journalism to be fact-based and rely on data, I think oftentimes we might forget the limitations of data. And so I think it's an important reminder that there are lots of communities whose stories are not reflected in the data. And that is true of evictions and that is true of many more issues. Thank you both so much. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me again. That's Madeline Baer, the founder of El Timpano, and Marta Martinez, senior editor of Latino USA. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Lawyers for five women suing Uber over its response to sexual assaults by drivers say they plan to file similar claims on behalf of more than 500 people. KQED's Rachel Myro has more from our Silicon Valley desk. The complaint alleges women were stalked, harassed, kidnapped, and raped during their rides. Plaintiffs say San Francisco-based Uber has known about the scale of the problem for eight years, but is not doing enough to prevent attacks, outsourcing background checks to a company with a, quote, fast and shallow process. This isn't the first lawsuit of this kind Uber has faced. In a statement, Uber declined to comment, but said it's become more transparent about serious incidents and rolled out safety features, like an in-app emergency button and a way to detect if a trip goes off course. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. And now to a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, they're teaming up with the LAS studios to bring us an excerpt from the new podcast, Imperfect Paradise, The Forgotten Revolutionary. KPCC's Adolfo Guzman Lopez takes a deep dive into the life of Oscar Gomez, who was a Chicano student activist in the 1990s. Some people thought he'd be the next Cesar Chavez. Oscar hosted La Onda Chicana, a college radio show out of UC Davis. The early 1990s were an especially xenophobic time in California politics. Oscar focused the show on Mexican-American empowerment. Oscar was on the airwaves, talking education, culture, 
and Chicano self-determination. The challenge what goes on, Raza, little Chicanitos and Chicanitas in the escuela, make sure and question the history that you're being taught. Because a lot of times you know that George Washington is not your father. What are these people scared of? That the Raza is going to get educated, that they're going to be able to go back and empower their communities? It's something that we got to ask ourselves, Raza, and something that we must continue to ask ourselves because la lucha continua. Oscar traveled to protests and conferences up and down California and outside the state. He recorded what he saw, the people he met, to broadcast to his audience. He gave a radio platform to young Chicano rappers, connected listeners to indigenous thought, and tutored public school kids. He made being Chicano sound fun and exciting. In 1993, the Mexican-American labor leader Cesar Chavez died, and without him, there was a leadership void. And here came along Oscar, a young, handsome, charismatic, politically engaged college student, an inspiring radio host and activist at just 21 years old. I just remember tuning in to the campus radio station and having that connection without physically being there. He was fire. He was charisma incarnate. All the girls married with a boyfriend or single, everyone had a crush on him. He knew that this government's not for us and that we needed to take action. Yeah, he would have been a, someone that people should follow. Someone that could walk alongside Cesar Chavez, you know. Two and a half years after that Santa Barbara rally, two and a half years after that photo of the two of us was taken, I would be out of college and freelancing for weekly newspapers on my way to a public radio career. And Oscar? Oscar was dead. KPCC's Adolfo Guzman Lopez. You can hear more about the mysterious death of Oscar Gomez and his life and legacy on this week's California Report magazine. Tune in on your public radio station or download the magazine's podcast. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org Hint! Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that's a California report for Friday, July 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin, Danny Bringer, and Chris Hoff, with assistance from Seal Moeller. Our producers are Daphne Young and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Toven Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. 
I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading. Hi there. I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 